Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh Landon. I had a bad game week. Brandon had a bad game week. You listening to the podcast probably had a bad game week. Let's get through this together. Brandon, how are you? I can at least say, Josh, that I do not uh, play for or am affiliated with a club in crisis. So that's the bright spot for me right now. We will obviously have to talk on this podcast about clubs in crisis. But while my FPL team uh, had a bad game week, and do you have anybody to play on Monday? I don't. I, 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 I bench Matt Turner. Yeah, I feel like most some have Turner who may or may not play. Right. It just there's like a chance that he was um, going to get dropped anyway. And then his wife had a baby. And so mm-hmm. like he's maybe even more doubtful now. Like right. uh, or, or do they let him play so he can like do the baby celebration if he somehow scores a goal? I mean, a, a goalkeeper does score a goal once every four years or so. So. Let's see. I think happens. we're due. I think we're due for a goalkeeper I goal so this too. season. It's yeah. uh, we'll have to check Jonty's goals imminent table to see who the closest <laughs> goalkeeper is. Yeah. There. <laughs> what a dour Sunday. Saturday had some Saturday's highs pretty good. and lows. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, I like Saturday, <laughs> and it, it, it was interesting. And we we must now reflect on your wild card because you wild carded going yeah. into game week five. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I'm feeling well. Okay, I like anyone in wild cards. You have those moments of instant regret, things that you wish you'd done differently. I think it seems clear now that I should have gone for Sala, which you were advocating for, um, and and certainly made a strong case for, especially on the Patreon pod we did on Thursday. And I I looked at it and I thought about it and. I really actually got kind of close late on Friday because the news that Mel Augusto was going to be most likely playing for Reese James through the international, through the next international break Mm -hmm. was enough for me to think, okay, I could probably make this work. And, uh, but it just, there was something to me about dropping Chilwell and Bruno and it was, which hilariously, right? Cause Chilwell gets zero points and Bruno gets one and Gusto gets a clean sheet. Right. So it kind of (laughs) couldn't have worked out, uh, you know, but, but more extreme. But I think what I will say is I'm, I'm on 43 points and I am, I am somehow basically on a red arrow overall, which, which feels a little, a little harsh, but I'm, I'm up in all of my mini leagues and I can tell you comprehensively that I would be doing worse if I had not wildcarded. <laughs> like basically all of the, I wouldn't have had Char, I wouldn't have had, uh, I wouldn't have Alvarez. I mean, maybe I could have brought some of these players in with a, on a wild card, but I, yeah. my team just wouldn't, I, I would have had something like, you know, 10 fewer points in my, in my squad. And so, so I feel, I feel fine with the wild card. I'm also set up now. I've got Morris for the double game week. Uh, and a piece of advice of yours that I, that I did take. So, you yeah. know, I, I'm not normally in the position to to take advice from you. It's not a place I'm comfortable being, Brandon. It's uh, makes me. Uh, you are, but I. 
Yeah. But I think you were right. You were right on both fronts. And I, I took you up on one, didn't, uh-huh. didn't on the other. Uh, but I, I, I honestly, I, I feel okay. I like the way my team looks for next game week. I have to decide if I'm going to just straight away burn four to bring in uh, Mosala. And it really comes down to whether I want to stick with Bruno for one more week. I mean, they do play Burnley away. And so that is that is the big question, but that is kind of the big question, right? Yeah. The theme for this week's pod is uh, who are we giving up on? Uh, and we're also going to talk about game week six. And I would say that the Bruno is the one I, I feel pretty okay giving up on. I, he got like one last chance, basically. Uh, maybe he'll get two last chances. We'll see what I end up doing this week. Um, I went all in on Spurs, though, and that was the that was the one that that really didn't pan out for anybody. Right. I don't think I mean, unless yeah. unless you unless you had not dropped Richarlison, which shout out to our friend Amy, who was was in that <laughs> camp. But in general, uh, Madison got one point. Sun got two points. Dogie got two points. They were can complete control the whole game, the whole match. And yeah. the one. And so it, di- it didn't work out from a fantasy perspective. I liked that it did work out from a kind of football justice perspective because the foddering ham. You know, stalling was so insane. It was absolutely, I could not believe. And they, and so they, they, he, he did so much stalling in the match. They added 12 minutes of extra time. And anyone who wondered whether it was absurd to add that much extra time to the match, just look at what happened, right? It was the, 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 all of the stalling got punished and then they scored their two goals in that giant amount of extra time. And it feels like, It was totally justified. It all worked out great. So from a from a kind of as a Spurs, as you know, I'm not a Spurs fan, but I felt good for the Spurs fans because they really probably deserved to win. They could. I actually thought they played really well. I thought they were passing well. I thought the, the shots were good. They had a couple moments. It was like the the even the through. It was just like the kind of the final, not even the final third, but just like some of the passes into the box. I felt like were just a little lacking. And I felt like in, in another day they could have. I thought, you know, like Madison, I was really impressed. I thought he, I thought he played well. Um, I thought some was a little bit anonymous. I don't know. Um, did you watch that, that Spurs match? I was only watching that on goal rush. So I didn't see it in that, uh, level of intricacy, but with Sheffield United playing more of a low block, it's going to just be like inherently more difficult to thread those needles. Once you get into the 18 yard box. So this incredible photo of James Madison celebrating, uh, I think it was the second Kulusevsky goal uh, he was laying on his back, pretending to stretch his hamstring in front of a Sheffield United player, <laughs> laughing uh, maniacally. Like, look at what y'all your time wasting did. Um, now, now might be a it's good time for me to I lay don't down. Think of, I don't think of Sheffield United as being like this egregious time wasting. It was just the something about that match. They were just really. It was like at some point in the second half. Whatever. I don't want to talk about time wasting, but I. I thought it was. It was. A, well, it was an interesting go, match. I. Yeah, yeah. You go up a goal and you're away from home and you're in a position like Sheffield United is where you don't know if you're going to survive the season or not. Yep. <laughs> Most clubs in in their position are going to try to shut up shop and do all yep. of those those dark arts sorts of things. So, but yeah, uh, I, I guess this is a case for the added extra time where it sees justice come to pass and all these uh, more prosaic clubs have to get hip with the times now get hip with the times, Brandon. That's, that's, I like it. And I, so I, yeah, Saturday was fun. And so I, I, I think there are times when you just feel you wild card and you kind of, in, you have instant regret, like, Oh, this, I didn't need, I didn't need to do it this soon, or I should have gone with a whole different suite of players. And I, I don't feel either way. I think I, 
it ended up, I mean, really nobody had a great game week. It doesn't, I, I'm looking kind of up and down. I'm sure there, there's somebody listening who's putting their hand up right now and they had 75 points or something like that. But it seems like in general, the band of points was, was between 20 and 50, right? <laughs> it was like, I mean, I saw people with like 18 points this game week. It was, there was yeah. kind of a, a, a version of, if you had Chilwell and you had, um, uh, I don't know, like a stupid on and like th- there was just a, there was a version of your team where you basically had nine players for, for this game. Yeah. weekend. I was looking at our, our last cheater standing, which is one of our popular Patreon mini leagues. And I had 24 points after Saturday and I was like, I've got to be at the bottom. It's like a hundred people in that league. And yep. like the first screen of like 20 managers all had 17, 18 points. And I was like, wow, this is awful for so it's many managers bath. yeah <laughs> i mean the, the the saka points coming in today uh pushed me up to 34 points where i'm, I'm gonna be yep. all out if i can survive yeah. uh nottingham forest clean sheet tomorrow then i'll hopefully maintain this or red arrow that i have dropping me down to 1.6 million so it's like continues to be for me just like a hold until I have a I have a good game week. Feels like I haven't had a good game week since game week one. Now, yeah, and uh, and you know that's I guess that's the nice thing about having a really a, a nice start is that you you can t- tread water for a few weeks, right? And mm-hmm. just sort of a, it's not it, it has not been so uh, like you've not had a, a a game week so like sort of spectacularly bad that you've <laughs> you, you know had this. I guess you dropped five hundred thousand spots or whatever a couple weeks ago, but that's that's. At th- this early on, that's like a that's ten points, right? It's just yeah. not that much, and nothing to get too worked up about. So, totally. so yes, yeah, so you're in, so you're in thirty four. I'll out. I'm in forty three. Um, I think you you have persisted with two Man United players, right? Are you? Um, I have three. Oh, wait, I have Onana, Onana oh, yeah, and Goal, right. which is perhaps like the biggest LOL player I have this season, and just infuriating watching that performance from Manchester United. <laughs> I thought they are out of out of sorts. Totally. I mean, the, the crisis club is is you know it's a cliche, uh, but it is very apt when it comes to Manchester United. Chelsea, yep. I think it's a little more complicated. But when you look at Manchester United, that you're just like nobody knows what's going on. And Marcus yep. Rashford was at once the best player on the pitch, but also did not seem to be on anyone's wavelength. Uh, I thought he yeah. did. He was he was he was trying really hard to get Hoyland involved. I mean, the the goal that Hoyland scored that was chalked off for Marcus Rashford taking the ball into touch. Fair enough. And then he tried the same yep. move uh, like minutes later. So he was taking a lot of shots, but he was also doing what he could to get into position to feed Hoyland and his teammates. I thought he had a pretty good game, though he was getting a lot of stick from Manchester United fans. Bruno Fernandes is the bigger concern for fantasy managers because he went from playing right wing at the start of the match, which is not ideal for Bruno historically from a fantasy point of view, to basically playing center back near the end of the match. It's so, so uh, bad. I, it's it's so over. I I, I there, there's a very very strong part of me that wants to move um, Son and um, Son and Bruno to. 
Sala and Enzo Fernandez, kind of the only option I could like. That's mm. what I would have to like. I I, I would have five point two. I think and you're going to trade I, one cl- crisis club for it. Yeah, I just said that Chelsea was more complicated, but is that is that the yeah. most prudent thing to move to a Chelsea asset right now? Well, it's it's only five million, and so yeah. uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't even I don't even think I would actually start him in game week six if I did that move, and, and it might it might just be worth the minus four. Honestly, yeah. I think that's something um, we can talk about later. So. Uh, you know, there's a question from uh, uh, Illegal Wig. That's a good name. For, that's a good handle, Illegal mm-hmm. Wig. Uh, and they said, uh, how do you get over a terrible game week? And um, I have two thoughts here, Brandon, because I've, I've had a handful to start the season. Uh, one is to uh, apply context and remember that uh, most people, if you had a bad game week and your team is not an insane team, most people probably had a terrible game week as well. Um, and uh, the other one is, and I highly recommend this one. This is a, this is a new one for me in my, mm. in my um, whatever I am, not quite young, not quite old uh, these days. Um, I don't want to say middle age. It depresses me, but you know, wherever I am, Brandon. Um, You're at the peak the, of your uh, powers, Josh. The peak of my powers. That's true. My peak of my earning power. That's what I'm going to start saying. <laughs> what I now, as I as I enter the peak of my earning power, uh, I will say what I have learned is I I just don't think about FPL for like four days. I yeah. I just completely obviously. You log into the Always Dream Podcast. You give us a listen. We need those sweet sweet downloads, Brandon. Absolutely. But after that, yeah. this is speaking you know, of earning is, power. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, exactly. I've still got the, uh, the hustle in me. So, uh, but you, um, yeah, just, just check out, just don't, don't go on Twitter and get mad about stuff. This mm-hmm. is the thing I used to do. And I would, I would just get grumpy and angry. And I, I, that like, that is kind of, that's like a different, yeah. yeah, there's a, I still have the kind of justice obsessed part of me, the like, leaks are ruining the game part or whatever, uh, you know, or whatever that, whatever, at least, at least it's, it's like something I, 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 I can still get fired up about, but like fired up about like unjust fantasy results, try not to do it. Fired up about referee decisions. Really try not to do it. That's a, that's a big one for me. I just do not want to go down that road because that is, that is, and it's true of all sports. Once you start getting mad about referees and umpires and everything else, do you, do you see this? Just just you'll on never that be note, able to turn off that that. There's going to be a weekly TV show now hosted by Michael Owen, in which they talk through with uh, uh, officials from the Premier League. They talk through controversial decisions. Do you think uh, that's a that, good idea? No, I don't. Like, <laughs> because are, are people like under the impression? I don't know. It's like. These people are only, I don't know, it's very hard. It's like the yes. greatest athletes in the world going at lightning speed. And and I don't know. It's like, do you want even more VAR? Because that's that's not what I'm Sure, it, it is. It's like an abstract VAR of the masses after the fact, which is even more useless. And I think a huge problem, as Mike Dean demonstrated, is bringing celebrity and, and countless other referees for that matter, bringing celebrity into this referee culture is the worst thing you can possibly do. The best <laughs> yeah. refereeing is ones that you just don't even know exist. Exactly. And to now exactly. give these referees these spotlights and to coach them into explaining their decisions is just going to make them yep. even more insane yeah. and yeah. Uh, out of touch from reality. That's why I like I like Micah Oliver for that reason. He's uh, like minimal fuss. I feel like he's just he's very straight, and it's like he sticks to his decisions. And but in general, you just don't pay too much attention to him. I would say he's my 
He's the yeah. one. If, if Michael Oliver is referring game, I feel pretty confident that's going to be a pretty well called. And speaking of uh, following your decisions, like the the pen call against or, or for Aston Villa at the end of that match, where it looked like they were going to overturn a clear penalty on Ollie Watkins. The fact that they got that one right after the fact, usually when a ref is called over to the screen, it's going to be overturned. And yep. uh, it's it's still the fact that we had to go through that. Uh, it shaved Which like ref a good, was it? Uh, let's see. I don't. I don't know. I don't have his uh, okay. name that's, committed. That's, to, that's all right. It uh, doesn't matter anyway. Let's. This is not. This is not. We're, we're going to turn this into the Michael Owen ref show, Brandon. So <laughs> Darren let's, England, it was Darren uh, England. Okay, got it. Got it. Um, so, uh, but you know, Brandon, we have another big piece of news before we get into the the main part of the podcast here, which is that the cheaters are coming to England. Trip number three for the Always Cheating Podcast. Third Brandon, time's the charm, yeah. Third time's the charm. The last one was our, uh, well, it wasn't ill-fated, except we came back to COVID. Uh, but the la- our last trip was- It was a celebration in, of the old world. Yeah. We literally saw the last two pre-COVID matches of the of the English Premier League. The last two they'll ever hold pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. We saw uh, the Manchester Derby uh, Saturday, March 10th or whatever it was. And then we went up to, um, to Leicester City. That was Sunday. And that was Leicester. Sunday. And then the Yeah, Leicester. Sunday. Yes. Yeah, Sunday, then Monday was the Leicester match. Exactly. Yep. So Sunday was Manchester Derby. Monday was Leicester match. And then uh, we flew back and basically COVID happened as we were. It was great. There was nobody on our flight, which was really enjoyable. It was great. We, you know, we could just walk up and down the aisles. It was, it was incredible. And then I remember we got back and I remember telling, I uh, got back my weapon. I was like, we need to go grocery shopping like right now. <laughs> Storm's <laughs> coming, babe. The yeah, storm is coming. coming. <laughs> exactly. So uh, anyway, so we haven't been back since March 2020. So it's been God, three and a half years, which is insane. It's kind of insane. It's been that long since since March 2020. Um, and so we're really excited. We have um, a couple of matches. Well, we have one that we are 100% going to, which is the Chelsea-Man City match, which is the late match on Sunday. Uh, we have a couple of other matches that we're looking at as well. We'll talk more about those as we get closer to actually getting those booked. But we have already booked hotel it is happening mm-hmm. uh we're hoping to do a meetup that friday evening so if you want to hang out with the cheaters go to a bar get a drink with us uh keep your calendar open for uh what is uh it is game week 12 brennan so it'll be after the next international break november it's, 10th friday november 10th keep your calendars exactly. open yeah and so we'll be there uh, november 11th which is i think remembrance day right so it'll be a poppy weekend so we have to you know i don't know if we have to like fashion our own poppies you know homemade with cardboard if they'll mm-hmm. they'll give us poppies i don't know how the poppy situation works in is England, it disrespectful if you have a poppy that says always cheating on it i mean i don't want to suggest <laughs> that so. england cheated so. to win the great war that seems uh, uh irresponsible which, seemed, which would be fine right i mean as long as it didn't violate <laughs> whatever you have to the, do to win yeah, these things exactly. you know exactly yeah exactly fly into the false flag or something, whatever it takes, you know? To, anyway, so uh, we're really excited about it. I, I I think, and seeing Erlen Holland in person, that's that's something I'm especially excited about. I think that's going to be mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, we have been to Stamford Bridge once before. Um, great, the golf great press, ground, yeah. 
great, great ground, amazing experience there. Uh, we have not been to the other two venues that we're looking at. I mean, I, I, I don't know why I'm being so um, coy about it, but we're looking at uh, seeing West Ham and Palace as well on that trip. Uh, we want to knock out a couple of stadiums that we haven't been to, and so that'll. I think that'll that'll. I think that'll be about half of the Premier League stadiums if we go if we go to those. So that's kind of a fun. We're really looking forward to. It. We're looking forward to meeting with people. Uh, we've had uh, we've met up with with lots of listeners over the years, um, and uh, you know, like people like Nick Wright and, and Tom Cancel, and we've sort of taken us out and shown us the shown mm-hmm. us the sights, Brandon. Yeah. And then we've had a couple of great meetups too. So um, yeah. So anyway, now more, that they've widened that, the, now yeah. that they've widened the turnstiles at Luton's ground, we can finally uh, squeeze ourselves in there and. Uh, Looking forward to that yeah. one day soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I won't go there unless the ground is heated, though, Brandon. That's that's <laughs> I, seats. I, I need a, I need a heated, heated seats in a heated pitch. Okay, why don't we walk in the pitch after the match? I, I don't want cold feet. So um, that that so that is happening once again. We'll be there uh, the weekend of November 11th, uh, Friday, November 10th, being the day that we're we're planning for an always cheating meetup. So uh, really excited to announce that. Really hoping to meet some um, some. Some new people, some new listeners, and also some people who've been listening to the pod for, um, you know, low these many years. So uh, thank you to everyone who supports the pod. Uh, I'll use this opportunity, Brandon, to feed right into our Patreon. Uh, you can support the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. You and I did a couple pods over the international break that I thought were really fun. I thought Josh's Odyssey, the mind pod was a lot of fun. Uh, that's where I just ramble for about 30 minutes. And then you and I did a nice, long, uh, kind of tetchy uh, uh, wild card pod. Uh, just, you know, you were really, was, you were really giving, giving it to you home my, truths my that you didn't want to hear. Yeah. That's true. I didn't want to hear some of these, these hard truths. Uh, but, uh, we, we got a, a number of new Patreons, uh, over the last week. And I think, I think being on wildcard was, was, was helpful. So Brandon, you should go on wildcard yourself very soon. Uh, it's good for the Patreon content. Number. Big, the big yeah. thanks to, to Sam Danby as well, who joined us to talk a little about a little bit about FPL and playing football and in Norway. So you're right, Josh, there yes. was, uh, excellent content on our Patreon. Well, that was on the main Brandy feed. Andy. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting that twisted. Uh, so let's just get to it and thank our new patrons. Big thanks to Nick Ashman, Tazimus, Scott, Tim McKinney, Jin Rang, Bibin John, Jane Roughly, Mo, just Mo. Is it that Mo? We don't know. I, Isaac. Mo, Mo Tucker, perhaps, drummer for the Velvet Underground. It's possible. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. For, uh, we are the uh, Velvet Underground of FPL podcast. <laughs> Uh, Isaac Delberry as well. Again, as Josh said, if you want to say thanks and get more FPL content in return, visit us at patreon.com slash always cheating. All right. Thanks everybody. We're going to take a quick break. We'll get back. We're going to talk about players. We may or may not be giving up on Nicholas Jackson. You know that some of us are looking at you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Brian, we're back. Uh, so players that we're giving up on, considering giving up on, uh, there, we had a lot of questions. They were all kind of in the same bucket and um, maybe the same two teams. Um, but I thought Scully summed it up pretty well. He said, so we need to get rid of all Chelsea and Man United players ASAP, right? So let's start with Chelsea. That was the match that was on today. They, um, well... <laughs> Raheem Sterling gets a yellow card, like what, three minutes into the match. Um, create some chances. Uh, Nicholas Jackson had a nice shot from outside the box. Could have scored. Um, hit the uh, outside of the post. Maybe he, maybe he, maybe he should have scored there. I don't know. He had a lot of space in the box. But um, you know, what of are all your the shots thought? he took? That's not the one that he should have scored on. Oh, uh, through. Well, <laughs> yeah, talk to me about Nicky Jackson and how you're how you're feeling. I I feel like it's it's impossible to sugarcoat it with Nicholas Jackson at this point. He's been awful. And I think the concerning thing about him is he's just really not strong enough. He's getting bullied off of the ball every time he touches it. And I watching Bournemouth play against him, the, the word is out. Just go put a body on this guy and he'll wilt. So mm. Chelsea are really relying on getting Nicholas Jackson the ball to his feet six yards out from the goal. And as we have seen over the last few weeks, even that is not a reliable way to get this guy to contribute to the team. So now you're at the point where he's got to be having a crisis of confidence on top of the fact that the team just isn't performing. So we've given him 
too many chances at this point, and we've identified players that are a better fit in our fantasy squads, from Alvarez to we uh, talked about Burnley and Luton strikers, who you might just want to bring mm-hmm. in as a gamble for the double in game week seven. Yeah, it's coming up two game weeks away. Yeah. Hoyland, I mean, you know, we will talk a bit more about this when we transition to Manchester United, but even Hoyland looked like he had a better fantasy value than Nicholas Jackson. Yeah. So he's done. Yeah, yeah. Patience is ex, is, ex is lively bizarre. with Hoyland, you know, ex, ex, and I, I actually didn't, uh, I did not realize that ball had crossed the, like in real time, I mean, it's just the camera angle. It was not clear that that the Rashford ball crossed the line. I'm not convinced that it even did. I mean, you can show if uh, I thought I saw like a little bit of green, like, well, but that doesn't even necessarily mean that it's out because the ball is round. So you can (laughs) see green and it still could hang (laughs) over the edge of the chalk. It could still be in right. play, depending on the camera angle. The ball angle. is round, but yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, the camera angle is never just like it's not like they have drones that are like hovering above the the yeah, ball, like right? A, so you get you've the, heard of flat earthers. I feel like uh, yeah. the the referees are flat ballers. Um, so <laughs> I, I and, and right my, personally my, to chalk it off, but it was close. <laughs> I don't know. You got to give it the benefit of the doubt, and I'll tell you what. Look at this freeze frame of when right, they Mike, say the ball is Dean. <laughs> The, the chalk the chalk line weird does this weird little zigzag and I'm just like I don't know there are waves in your in your like tube television there. Yeah. Uh, was there two was there another goal that got chalked off for going for the ball going out of bounds first I feel like was there one in the uh, Matoma actually Matoma had that happen but they allowed the goal uh, if you remember okay. I think that was from late last season. No, I thought there was another moment. Maybe no one actually scored on the play, but I thought there was another moment where the where a ball went over the line uh, this weekend somewhere. But I, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so I think um, Jackson. I think it's over for him, and um, the fixtures remain good. I'm sure some people will have other problems to fix, and they'll hold. But it's just not great. I mean, you know, Villa are, are a pretty good team, and I, I think that they're going to give Chelsea a battle for sure. There's no reason to think that Chelsea are going to handle. Villa Chelsea are not a good team let's be clear about that and that's not not, like yeah I don't want to are there yeah exactly you're not you're not you're not you're not destroying them trying to trying to throw shade it's just like it's they have they're so far from gelling at this point and I think Pochettino is a good manager it just it's so clear they need a lot more time for this to to work and Villa are just in a different state of their project yeah. So yeah. I think you'd favor you'd favor Villa slightly in this fixture, maybe maybe favor a score draw or something like that. Yeah, I, I think I think that's right. Yeah, one one, two two, something like that feels like a like a the kind of score I might expect from from a game like this. Maybe maybe one one. I don't what yeah, exactly. Well anyway, I, I'm agreeing with you in a very long winded <laughs> way. So uh yeah, and then you look even even past that, Fulham away, Burnley away. I mean that Fulham away fixture Sometimes you can get caught up and look at the fixture difficulty ratings on um, on on the site, you know. And I I I, I think that Fulham match could be could be a kind of tricky one, especially with Paulinho back now. And then Burnley, I mean, I just still don't have a read on Burnley. Let's see, let's see how they look tomorrow in that mm-hmm. in that Monday match. I feel like I'm still kind of struggling to get a sense of just how 
their their quality. You know, I mean, they really were quite good last season. The championship they have not shown that yet in the in the Premier League. Uh, and then from there, it's a terrible run of fixtures for for Chelsea, right? Arsenal, yeah. uh, Brentford, Spurs, Man City, Newcastle, Brighton, Man United. I mean, it's about as bad as it gets. Uh, and that takes you basically into December. So it's fine. Just I, you know, move early. Sterling is um, slightly trickier, I suppose, because he still is doing a lot of good things, but mm-hmm. it's just, he's not, he doesn't have a forward, right? I mean, I think that's in some ways that's the biggest problem is he doesn't have anyone to convert these chances or draw attention away from him. And um, I think, I think it, it, it just really impacts him and, and how much he can do from a fantasy perspective. It does. Uh, it does. Well, I was going to say something about Sterling, and he is the best player on the pitch for Chelsea at the moment. But I, yep. yeah, how how <laughs> long can he weather this storm? I think I, I think the question is, where do you go if you have Sterling and you want to get rid of him? And Bomo, I guess, is the obvious move. There is does Sterling to Mbomo feel like it's a priority? I think the thing with Nicholas Jackson is you're probably leaving points on the table with uh, mm-hmm. other forwards that you could have. Midfielders, I don't know. The, that price range for midfielders is kind of odd if you already have James Madison and Mbomo. Who, who do you move to? Because we have been talking for weeks about how it's all about midfielders. They are the ones scoring all the points so far this season. If we take away Arsenal, I mean, maybe mm-hmm. maybe we need to talk about Arsenal. A, a separate converse, yeah. conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Manchester United. We're about to talk about them. Their luster is kind of gone. I'm not sure where we're left to go with Sterling. Who would you bring in if you were getting yeah, rid of it's him? Almost like you'd have to consider a formation change or yeah. something like that, right? I mean, I I do think that Diaby for Villa has really played well. Uh, had an mm-hmm. offside, had a goal, you know, chalked off for for offside. He's he's pretty much the same price point as Sterling. I think that he's he's a. I don't think he's just like a fallback option. I think he's a genuinely interesting option, and uh, honestly, probably more appealing than Ellie Watkins, who just. Um, it, it's just not giving enough, right? For eight million, it's if it, it, getting an assistant practically every game is good. Like that is a that is good. It's just you want that from like a six five, or I don't know. I mean, I guess if you were able to keep it up, <laughs> if he was able to get you five points literally every, you know, he'd be one of the top point scorers this season if you were able to get five points every every week. But it's yeah, it feels something about unsa- that- he's going to score thirty seven assists. With them being assist, yeah, it feels like at this point it's a magic trick, and it's not going to just continue like this. He needs to contribute a few more goals to make you believe, all right, this pattern of fantasy returns feels sustainable, because at this point it doesn't. Yeah, especially because Duran keeps coming in and scoring in like three minutes of match time, right? <laughs> it's like it's that's like the, the real Watkins, magic trick, isn't it? Yeah, wa- wa- yeah, it's like Watkins gets four minutes, uh, or I mean, it gets eighty-five minutes every yeah. match, and then Duran comes in and scores. Hey, he scored one goal in sixteen minutes and one goal in nineteen minutes. So I, I, it's not that I think that Watkins is uh, uh, trouble, but I don't know. But do you, does he end up getting shifted to the left wing or something? I don't know. But so it's kind of. At, at the very least, it's it's kind of not what you want. But we're not here to talk about Ali Watkins, Brandon. We're here to talk no. about uh, other other options. Yeah, I think the, I think you're right, though. I think it is a little bit tricky. I think I think Matoma uh, still belongs in that conversation. He's just 
he's just dangerous. I mean, they have yeah. they have um, Bournemouth and Villa, even Liverpool at home. I think those are all fine fine fixtures. So that's it. A lot of people would have wild carded Chelsea assets in if they pulled, triggered it really early and brought Sterling yeah. in when he was on fire for that that one or two matches. So and and in so doing, got rid of many of their Brighton mids because Brighton's fixtures were quote unquote like gonna gonna turn bad for the worse. So yep. yeah, but but Brighton versus Manchester United. Manchester United just were bad, but also Brighton made six changes in their starting eleven and still uh, just completely dominated the opposition. <laughs> so I. I there's a part of me that wishes this was the first year I was watching the Premier League and I would I would become I'd be yeah. such a hardcore Brighton fan right now because yeah. there really are a fun a fun squad to watch and that guy you pointed him out well, you and I went to see um a, a preseason match in um at Red Bull Stadium in July uh, thanks to our friend Michelle and uh the uh, Simon uh Indingra was the mm-hmm. player you were like Keep an eye on this guy because he's awesome, and and he showed it again in that Man United yeah. match. He's he's got a cool look too. I like the little yeah. kind of flash of um, blonde or whatever totally. in his hair. I think that like looks cool. Yeah. yeah, he's he's got some swag, uh, and I appreciate that. But to finish off on Chelsea, because we can't let Chilwell keep getting away with this, uh, <laughs> we talked about Jackson. Jackson is like one hundred percent. We're done with you. Sterling is, uh, we're done with you, but you know, we might have to deal we with it later. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're like <laughs> you're fifth on the priority list. It's not a, it's not a huge, you're not top of the list. So Chilwell very, uh, he, he gets benched in favor of Mudrick to play on the left wing. Mudrick to yeah. his credit looked better than he has recently. Uh, I don't know. He was getting uh, roasted online. What I don't—he was getting roasted by the by the by the X heads at on X dot com. He was getting roasted. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but I. Uh, but what I didn't quite then understand was what Pochettino was doing with the back four. Uh, would not Chilwell line up nicely as a as a left sided fullback to play behind Mudrick, and maybe you could get some more dynamism going there. So like, yeah, why are. <laughs> There were some big big danger signs going off. Yeah, of course we need to be worried. I mean, this is, I went, I just went through this with Gabriel where you're like, oh, uh, you know, Gabriel, the, um, the center back, the Arsenal Arsenal center back, where you're like, oh, who could forget? Who could forget? And, um, and it was like, oh, don't worry. It was just a formation change. Everything will be fine. And I'm sure they'll reset at home for them. It's like, well, they did just keep a clean sheet and. I I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if Mudrik did play a little bit better, then why do I suddenly feel like they're going to play differently at home to Villa in game week six? So at the moment, I consider Chilwell, who hasn't really been delivering that much anyway, right? He had a yeah. great game week one performance. Um, I, I am not planning to transfer him, but I am planning to bench him. And my, yeah. bus, my bus team for game week six, I have Chilwell on my bench. I just don't want to get another one pointer from him. Uh, that's that's basically mm-hmm. how I feel. And uh, I also think there's a good chance that Villa score. So um, yeah, there's a chance that that he starts. There's a chance he gets an attacking return. There's a chance he gets a clean sheet and attacking return. Those are all things that could happen. But um, I think there's enough worry there um, about the squad in general, about whether he starts. That I think he's benchable and possibly just transfer outable. I think that there are some options like Fabian Shar uh, who. 
you could just move to, they play Sheffield United in game week six. I think, I think he would make sense if he had enough money and you don't mind spending 6.5 million on him. Then I think the trippier is an option as well for a chill replacement. Don't forget about Botman who got max bonus and he's cheaper than all yeah, of them. That's true. I think he, he like, did he, I don't actually know if his price actually did drop in the end, but he's, I think he's 4.5. He was like right on the cusp of dropping. I suppose that's not going to happen now. Yeah. He's, he's 4.5 million. Yeah. Runaway point leader for, defenders but yeah i thought char char looked good i don't know he i got a little worried he was on the ground for a while but he uh i got a you know clean sheet and a bonus point from him he's um i think he, he offers a, a lot more attacking threat than botman does too so i think he's probably worth the 0.5 mm-hmm. um but it's mm-hmm. you know if you can't get there i think botman's fine yeah i suppose i'm i i'm looking for extra cash i guess in this You've already played your wild cards. You're just kind of like the the financial rules of the game are are just like spelled out there for you. I'm just trying yeah. to bring more money into my team so that I can I can have some flexibility so I don't have to wild card. That's yeah. what pushes me toward Botman to save that money. So because I okay. will have I feel like I'm going to have a different problem pop up every week so the same is true of people who wild card i mean you're talking <laughs> about problems all, you want same, yeah you want to exactly <laughs> always true for all of us yeah yeah so that, i guess that's the the simple case i make for botman i mean the we haven't even mentioned this to this point but this is a big week for champions league sides because the champions league kicks off this weekend so yep. tuesday newcastle are away to ac milan and man city yep. host uh Krivina Sevezdez. Good luck to Man City in that one. Uh, yeah, and should then, be a very, very tough match. <laughs> Wednesday, Manchester United. Good lord, the hits keep coming for them. Are away to Bayern Munich. Harry Kane yeah. is just going to have an absolute gas with that. And Arsenal host PSV. So uh, for Newcastle, I just, I don't, I don't think center backs are risk of rotation, regardless of the midweek play. But I just want to be on the lookout yeah. for potential injuries and all that. But I do think yep. a Newcastle defensive transfer would be high on my list this week, especially with lots of these uh, unknown things going on with yeah. Chelsea and Manchester United. Should we move our focus then to Manchester United, who are well, away just, in Munich? Just because we're doing it, I'll throw another uh, defensive idea out there, which is. Um, a Brentford defender. I actually thought they, they played pretty well. They had a one, it was a penalty decision, but outside of that, I thought that um, defensively they looked, they looked pretty good in that Newcastle match. They um, kept it pretty tight with them. I think the penalty came in the 70th minute or something like that. Uh, so I think you could look at someone like Pinnock um, at 4.5 million. Mm-hmm. They host Everton in game week six and Everton just really, it's just a real struggle for them right now. I mean, I, I don't know. It's I, I do not uh, envy their supporters. I think that's the, it is not this, this season looks like it could go really badly for them. They can't and, score uh, is their yeah, their big issues. Exactly. They can't score yeah. goals. So, yeah, yeah. that, that yeah. is in favor of the argument that you're making. It's just get yeah. defenders who are against Everton because they have no goal scores. It actually reminds me of Villa. Like remember when Villa went down like four years ago, five years ago, and it was um like then they came back up with Grealish a couple of sure. years, you know, like yep. a year or two later. But I mean, that was the problem they had. They had these a couple of years there where they were just, they had like Benteke and they were just. and Lahore. Yeah. They just could not score. Yeah. And it was like this, and it's kind of similar thing because, you know, big club, lot, lots of supporters. And it was just these dreadful seasons where it just, and it's like part of you is just like, go down to the championship for a year, play all your young guys, 
bring in some interesting kind of loans, see if you can get somebody who, who clicks and then, and then come back up with the new squad. I mean, that's kind of what Fulham finally did. Right. And it's, yeah. I don't know. So, and obviously like, I'm not the one who has to have the massive financial loss of, being, you know, out of the <laughs> Premier God. League for a season. Thank God. But not, it not, does, not during yeah, these years yeah. of your peak economic power. It, that would be, that a would shame. be, a, it'd be tough to lose even one year during, <laughs> during my PE, PEP. Um, all right. Yeah. So let's move on. Cause I think there are, it is a pair here, which is uh, Chelsea and Man United. And, and some of those Sterling alternatives that we discussed, I mean, Phil Foden, you've got to throw in there too, especially if he doesn't start at midweek uh, would be another option, especially because they host Sheffield United and, and game week six. Um, so I think, uh, or no, they don't host, uh, they host, um, uh, Ben City host, uh, uh not an enforced, excuse me. They, they host a forest in game week six. Um, so man United, let's, let's kind of do the same thing we just did, which is, which is kind of look at some of the, the most highly owned players on, on that squad. So I think we can start things off though with the two obvious, which are, um, Bruno Fernandez and Marcus Rashford. We talked about Rashford a little bit. I agree. I thought he looked reasonably lively. Um, I mean, it's just like, you just want more, right? You want, you want more than reasonably lively for a 9 million midfielder, right? You don't want to like pat on the back. You tried hard today. Mm-hmm. It's like, you kind of do want some goals and some assists ideally. And, um, I, but at least he's doing something. I mean, Bruno is just I, like, he's running around a lot. He's very active. He's, um, I like him a lot as a player. I I wish I didn't have to. It's almost like I might like him more if I didn't watch him from a fantasy perspective because it's <laughs> watching him fantasy wise. You're like, what are you even doing? Like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> well, he's trying to cover like, for the horrible, horrible midfield. You're like, right. It's it's not a it's not an indictment on him like as a player. It's just his his fantasy impact is definitely being kind of dulled right by everything that's happening yeah. around the club. Yeah, I don't know what's more awful right now. Manchester United's midfielder, their defense. Their defense is honestly more of uh, just more hilarious than. than well, we'll awful. get to the defense. Let's start. Let's start with the. <laughs> let's start with the midfielders. Yeah. So Eric, yeah. the the midfield against Brighton was Casemiro, Eriksson, and McTominay. McTominay, uh, I saw the stat. He complete. He completed maybe twenty touches on the ball, and the other two mids had. 50? He just like wasn't 20. involved wow. at all in the play. And Casemiro has gone from, well, Manchester United really shouldn't be signing this guy because he's too old. And then yeah. he was a revelation last season. And now uh, suddenly he's too old at 31. Yeah. And Christian Eriksen had one incredible turn early in the first half during that first 15 minutes where it looked like Manchester United might actually uh, play well against Brighton. And yep. uh, and then from there, all the, the wheels came off and Rashford was really the only one who could seemingly carry the ball up the field. And then he was kind of just doing his, his own thing. So the, pro- the, the problem is there's there's it's it, there's either a complete lack of organization with the Manchester United midfield and attack or there is a complete lack of fitness with this team. Yep. And I do not think they were helped at all either by the fullbacks. Reggion, who came from Spurs, I thought was awful. He was he was so out of his depth. And and granted, maybe yeah. he's not you know he's not played first team football he was for like, a while and all when that. We thought he was like the next Trent. Yeah. Like there was, there was a moment where Reggion was like the hottest name in fantasy. This has been a few years now. So it's it's just it's just front to back. It's not working how worried should you be as a fantasy owner 
I feel like Chelsea might be the biggest priority because sure. just looking at the the quality of chances that just Rashford on his own was creating and with somebody as mobile and motivated as Bruno, I think you're yeah. already a step ahead of where Chelsea is. So if you've got what you feel like is a bigger priority than Rashford or Bruno, fine, fair enough. I'm planning on keeping both of them depending on what goes on uh, midweek in the Champions League. But uh, uh, both. Well, it's that it both just feels like a lot. It's like it is a lot. And, and I'm and yeah. I wouldn't I'm not going to sit here and say like this is some sort of sort of strategy that's that's like coming. Yeah. In. I mean, yeah. what's what's the argument for holding on to Bruno? Is it just fixtures? Because there's nothing we're getting nothing from him from like a fantasy perspective. Yeah, right? I don't think there's any argument for holding on to him. And certainly if you were building a team from scratch right now, no one would be advocating for having any Manchester United players. Maybe you could advocate for a, take a punt on Hoyland because he's a cheap second or third forward, or maybe sure, you advocate sure. advocate for Rashford because you believe he yeah. will come good. But beyond the problem with Hoyland is it's like another Nicholas Jackson thing where it's just sure. like, do I want to take a punt on somebody who's just pro- probably not ready for serious? Minutes? Yeah. Or, or just like there are too many unknowns with him still. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what I, the point I was getting to though, is the getting rid of them is another conversation than not having them building the team from scratch. I think the only reason to get rid of these Manchester United guys right now is if you're pivoting to um, Mo Salah, I think. I think we can split. I think we can split this because I think you're right. I think I think Bruno Bruno out is is something that feels more palatable to me. Um, it, you know, like if I had both Bruno out is the one that feels like the bigger priority and Rashford feels like it would be nice if he was doing more, but it's okay to hold him for now. But because yes. I mean, they and they do have a good run. I it doesn't. The the problem is the fixtures aren't going to fix the the no Mason Mount, the no Anthony. I mean, Anthony. Like, I don't know what's going to happen there, right? Like, is he going to slot don't back in? It. I mean, they have to be. They have to be really careful, right? After everything with with Greenwood and they're kind yeah. of pilloried for not handling that well you know, like last month. And so I, I don't think they want to kind of be right back there again. And so I, I'm not like, I'm not, I don't know any of the facts of the, of the case. Right. It's, it's, sure. I, but whatever, you know, it's just like, it's just a mess. Right. And so it's like, they don't, they don't have Anthony. They don't have, they don't have, they don't have Mount. They don't have Jaden Sancho. Right. Who is, um, I don't know, like mad at Eric Tanak. <laughs> I don't he know. Won't apologize. They, he refuses to apologize, which is the most childish weird. thing yeah. you can see. Yeah. It's just, it's just a mess, right? They don't have Luke Shaw, who's one of the, who's a great creator and also opens up space for Bruno. Yes. Um, yes. And they don't have Varane. It, it's, it, you know, the, what they do have though, Brandon is Hannibal. Okay. I love, I thought Hannibal was a nickname. I didn't know this guy's name was actually Hannibal. That's incredible. So a uh, big fan of Hannibal comes on and scores a goal in 26 minutes. I am team Hannibal from now on. I, I'm going to start yeah. a new Patreon tier. That's at the, the Hannibal. Yeah. I don't even know yet. I got to come up with something. Every, everybody pun. gets a nice yeah. bottle of yeah. Chianti when they join the Hannibal <laughs> yeah, tier. Exactly. Fava beans and a nice Chianti <laughs> tier. Uh, you know, I finally saw, this is a total, uh, regards unrelated, but I, I finally saw Manhunter. You ever seen Manhunter? The, the uh, kind of prequel to silence of the lambs. I've, I've not seen it. No. Oh, it's good. Recommend it. 
We'll check to it you out. And everyone listening. Yeah, it's good. It's a good one. Um, all right. So yeah, the attacking wise, I think Bruno, it's fine. I mean, I don't like, I just like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, it's like, yeah, they did. They play promoted teams in two of the next four weeks, but do you really want to hold given all the mess right now? I mean, I'm sort of, I'm almost because I, and I, and I'm really thinking about this seriously as someone who has Bruno in my squad. And I kind of agree with you, which is that I don't see a great kind of instant, like kind of lateral move that I want to make. And so part of me is like, do I just, do I just go, uh, do I just drop Sun kind of immediately and, and just turn Sun and Bruno into Mo Salah and somebody who costs 5.2 million or less? I sort of looking at Enzo just because he plays a lot of minutes and mm-hmm. um, is probably still on pens and seems like a, an okay option. Um, you know, but I think um, otherwise I, I kind of agree. There's no one like, um, and I, I mean, if you didn't have Madison already or you didn't have a BOMO, then I think those are two great options. I think even, even with Arsenal away, I think that Matt, he's just on everything. Right. And it's like, he's, he's getting a lot of space just outside the box. Yeah. That's I, I, you know, I'm really am impressed with, with, with how he looked uh, yesterday and, and obviously, you know, throughout the entire start of the season son. And I guess there was, we can go on to our next one here. We, we didn't really talk about the man United defense, but I'm not sure there's much to say, right? It's just, they're like totally <laughs> they're banged up. They're banged up and the midfield's not helping. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. but yeah, Dave, uh, Dave Elsia, the last cheater standing Stato says, uh, for those of us who bought son this week, do we hold or sell? So do you think it is worthwhile to move Bruno and son to Sala and player X for a minus four? Is that a worthwhile minus four or do I just keep Bruno for one more week and I can bring Sala in in game week seven without taking a hit? Well, that's a good, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends. It depends on what kind of manager you are slash want to be. I think the aggressive move is to get Sala in on the hit. Yeah. Cause everything is kind of pointing toward, we told you Sala, we not, not us, but the Royal, we that Sala was going yeah. to remain consistent this season. And he's, he's proving that. Uh, yeah. you love I mean, to see it. And you're not getting that same consistency from Sun or Bruno as good as they might look in any given match. So that's just like the smart, aggressive thing to do. It's like, and, and I do want to kind of like walk back what I was saying about like, well, what are you going to do if you get rid of these Manchester United guys? <laughs> this is always a problem for me is the danger of being a passive fantasy manager. And there's a difference between being patient and waiting for these guys to come good and just being totally passive to to the what's happening. And what's happening yeah, is right. Manchester United are a club. It's just the crisis club. It's not working. Yeah. Management, yeah, yeah. ownership, playership. Yep. It's all rot, rotting in front playership. of our eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to, um, you've got to act on that. Uh, so I do think the son Bruno to Sala for a hit. Yeah. I, I like that as an aggressive move. Here is the other one thing you could that may sway people a little bit and what you want to do and whether you want to burn points early. And one of the reasons I might just go ahead and do it now and just sort of basically correct what was probably a mistake on my wild card. Not that I ha- not that I think Sun is this like disaster just because he didn't score in one match, by the way. It's just whether I think that long term I really want to be doubled up on on Spurs. Maybe I, I might have just gotten a little too over my shoes with the with the with the game week five fixture thinking oh yeah they're gonna like really um Mm -hmm. just crush uh you know forest in that match and um is one thing you want to think about too is that 
for game week seven, I'm already in kind of a tricky spot with my with my defense. Um, you have um, the Dogies; they're they're hosting um, Liverpool, so you think there's a good chance that Liverpool score in that match. Um, uh, Stupinon, uh, they play Villa away. Not like terrible, but not like a great fixture either. You have the Chilwell situation now too. So it's like you might be in a position where you kind of want to make a defender transfer in game week seven. And so, or you maybe, maybe you want to try to bring in Morris, right? And you want to go for the, um, you know, try to attack the double at least a little bit. I mean, I think one player, one player feels like plenty for me on the wild card, but still. Um, so it's kind of like if you're going to have to make three moves in the next two weeks anyway, mm-hmm. then sure, make the minus four now. And because I just, I mean, how many goals do we see Spurs scoring at Arsenal? Like, like between zero and two? I mean, two is probably the upper end, right? And one feels, one feels like, probably what we'll see and so if you're looking at one goal and you've got two midfielders from i don't know i think that's gonna be like a basketball match a basketball game i should say i think that's gonna be three four or something like that i mean the way pasta plays is it's just like a take no prisoners let's press let's attack and arsenal will probably love that and eat that up if they can um play it just the right way. But I think Spurs will, I think it's going to be a pretty open, exciting match. Okay. Well, that's the case for holding sun then, right? Yes. Yes. Dropping, dropping Bruno and sun. Those are two very good players. But again, like if you, if you put together a good team, then anytime you bring in someone you really want, you're going to be dropping a good player and a player that you, added yourself to your squad, right? If, mm-hmm. if it's on an auto pick squad, it's a player that you believed in at one point. So you're always <laughs> kind of some responsibility. Yeah. There's always an element of, of, you know, that's what's going to happen. And I, I think that Salah is, um, he's just so consistent. I think that's what it is. There's kind of this new idea. Is he last season's Harry Kane, which is just the, like, he's not absolutely blowing the doors off, but it's just every single week he gets an attacking return. And that's so valuable. And I love players like that. And so, um, I mean, who doesn't, right. But it's just like, it's like, I, it's like, just like, you don't need a ton of upside, right. You just want, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of like Watkins a little bit too, where it's, it is nice just to get, I mean, God knows Watkins five was more than most people, got from most of the players in their squad this week. Right. So, um, but at least, but at least with Sally, you get the, you get the five points as like a kind of floor. And then there's always the possibility, right? If that, that goal doesn't turn into an own goal. Yeah. Yesterday, I think he's on probably 14 points for the match. Right. So, um, a little unlucky to only get 10 points in the, um, in the, in that Wolves match. Uh, Nicholas Jackson has four yellow cards right now. <laughs> Just, it's disgusting. So and so a lot of players have picked up a lot of, it's weird. Like the, do you have a yellow card table there? Who else has a lot of yellows so far? I, on this I season? don't, I don't have a table here. I was just admiring Let's Nicholas see. Jackson's fantasy page profile, uh, which was as scary reading. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I've got, got I've it. got it here. So, uh, Anthony Gordon is on four. How did Anthony Gordon get four yellows? I, I he was a, so Gordon's on four. Jackson's on four. Uh, your boy, uh, Ola Ina is on three. Uh, along with Bruno Fernandez. So he's, uh, he's even close uh. to a suspension. Uh, Nelson Semedo, Bruno, Bruno Gmarish, Aaron Hickey, and Emerson. So Emerson is on three. Oh, and then Lucas Paqueta, too. So I, there's, you know, not obviously a ton of fantasy assets, but obviously Nicholas Jackson beat on four means you're 
you might as well just <laughs> he's gonna get a yellow probably the next match right so just move on yeah take take yeah you gotta take this into your own hands and just get rid of the 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 punk yeah. maybe he needs a week off to, to so are you going to drop him this week like what are your transfers you got two what are you planning right now <laughs> Right now, what I want to do is move Pau Torres to uh, Botman, Sven okay. Botman, and Nicholas Jackson mm-hmm. to Julian Alvarez. Okay. So both of these moves are contingent on what happens with Newcastle and Man City on Tuesday in mm-hmm. the Champions League. If everyone yep, yep, comes yep. through unscathed, then those are the moves that I make. Yeah. I, I, You'd I ideally do, not see Alvarez play 90 minutes, right? That would be ideal if he didn't play the full match. I would love to see him start from the bench. That would be a dream come true. And then yeah. it's it's Jackson all day to Alvarez. Yeah. And, and yeah. I like Watkins as my like least favorite striker. That I, Right mm-hmm. now, he's my second favorite striker in my team, second only to Erling Holland. I feel like that's putting undue pressure on the lad. Yeah. Let's give him a yeah. break. Move him to the yeah. third. He could, he could score in that uh, that Chelsea match for sure. I think I like those moves. I th- those those moves both make sense to me, um, and uh, they both seem pretty sensible. Yeah, and I guess that I mean, even if he does play ninety minutes, he might still want to make the move anyway, right? Because he could. He, I doubt he's going to play zero minutes. Yeah, he's already risen in price since the deadline passed. So I mean, he's at six point eight now. Yeah. He'll be. It'll be maybe seven million by the time game week yeah. six deadline comes around. All right, let's go to um, uh, one final question from Bob Warlord. He says, "Would you wild card if you only have two playing defenders and the rest of your team stinks?" <laughs> I think about it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, you sound like you're in a situation, Bob, where uh, all hope is lost. And... Sometimes you got a wild card to get yourself back engaged with the game. So I'm, I'm, I. It worked for me. I'm feeling much better about things. Uh, even though I had like a like a B plus game week, I'm still I'm feeling much better about things. Good. Yeah. All right, let's take let's take a break and uh, get back, and we'll take a quick look at game week six. All right, Brian, we're back. Game week six kicks off on Saturday. Another keep tinkering with the schedule. We got the uh, there's no early game on Saturday. Uh, instead, we have three uh, 10 a.m. in East Coast time, 10 a.m. fixtures, uh, and then there's a lunchtime fixture. Uh, Brentford Everton, and then you have Burnley Man United as a 3 p.m. on Saturday game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Late game on Saturday, and then Sunday we have four matches all on at the same time. And I know that I know the Champions League is a factor here, but still, four matches all at the same time, and then uh, Sheffield United uh, hosting Newcastle to end things on Sunday. No Monday match, no Friday match. So. A clean FPL classic, if you will, Brandon. Um, and there's a question here from American FPL. And he said, what are some games that could be great for watching and for FPL? Right. So uh, at first I didn't understand what he meant. And then I thought about it. I was like, ah, I, I see. I see what he means here or, or she what they mean here, Brandon, uh, yes. which is what are um, what 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 games will be fun? Like if you were with, you know, you're like my family is often subjected to me watching Premier League games, right? Sure. And early in the morning on my, you know, kids running around and like, you know, I don't know, like if my mom's I was like making breakfast or whatever, and I'm just like obsessively, you know, I've got two yeah. screens going. It's and like I'm Norman Rockwell picture you're painting here. It's it's true. You know, it's not bad, honestly. Sometimes I say, you know, it's not bad. Uh, but what are some ones that could be fun matches for the whole family, Brandon? And uh, it also could be important for FPL. I think the... 
Well, it kind of depends on what you're looking for in a match too, right? Like Man yeah. City Forest should be a uh, fairly one-sided affair, I would think. And sometimes that's fun. Uh, but I think Liverpool-West Ham, I think that could be a fun one. West Ham are, um, I don't know. I just like, they, they've got like a little extra something this, this yes. season. And uh, Arsenal Spurs, obviously too. North London Derby. Yeah, I think North London Derby is the obvious answer, but we've got to counter-program that because uh, that is yeah. the obvious answer. I do think Brighton-Bournemouth is going to be fun. Uh, Bournemouth yeah. are not being talked about, and they're probably ecstatic about that because yeah. they yeah. have been playing with uh, a high degree of competence so far this season. And the points will, I, I predict, eventually come. I think, And Brighton tend to, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> they're an incredible team this this season but i feel like they can sometimes bring themselves down uh, yeah. a couple of years when they play an opponent like bournemouth so i think it'll still be kind of competitive i agree with you on liverpool west ham what about james ward prowse if i'm getting rid of <sighs> uh bruno fernandez diving header from james ward prowse was that on your bingo card this weekend He's just, he is, I'm glad you brought him up because he's, he's playing so well. He's like a, he's just a round peg for a round hole. It's just, it, it's such a good, it's such a good fit with him and West Ham. I'm so, I, I like him. I'm just, I'm just glad it worked out. And so I'm, I'm, I'm all about this. He has, he has like, yeah, since he didn't, he didn't play game week one, but every game week since then he is not blanked. He is he nine points game week two, six and three, seven and four and seven and five. So, um, yeah, very impressive, and that's that's you know that's that's at home to to Man City too. Not not an easy match by any stretch. They actually really could have drawn that match. It was a little three one makes it seem like it was kind of a, a handy match, but I, I thought it was yeah. it was pretty tight. Agreed, totally. Give me your prediction for on Saturday. I'm trying to find some fun fixtures. Give me your prediction for Brentford hosting Everton. What do you think is going to happen there? That feels like two nil Brentford. That's got that's got two nil Brentford written all over it. Everton really have to do something here, and I don't know yeah. that they're capable of doing it. I like Brentford a lot here. I'm just trying to kind of gauge how competitive it's going to be. Because I think Everton can at least, they have a midfield. Uh, yep. It's it's just kind of a midfield on a highway to nowhere is the unfortunate thing. So they, I wonder if they've set up maybe a little more defensively against yeah. Brentford. I like that midfield on the highway to never. It's beautiful. You know, you really. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and we didn't really necessarily combine the fantasy. I mean, Arsenal Spurs is the one that will obviously have some fantasy stakes. I'll have at least two players in that match, as will almost everybody. Um, Chelsea Villa. We'll see. I may actually have zero players in that match now. Um, kind of depends on, on, I don't know. The Chilwa thing, I think, is a real mess. And I. I unless we somehow, Pochettino just comes out and says, I'm Chilwell starts. Um, I don't, I I doubt we're going to get a leak because it's, um, you know, it's Sunday. So it's, uh, he he may not even know himself, right. What, what, what the squad's going to look like on Sunday. Levi Caldwell is just so freaking awesome that he's got to play every game. Get out of here with this punch. Almost scored. He, I mean, he was off. Congratulations. Anyone can score in a set piece. (laughs) Yeah, I think, yeah, it's a mess though. It's a, the, the chill situation is a mess. And, um, yes, I think. Yeah, you're right. Saturday is the day to skip, though. If you're going to have to skip uh, a day, I think 
I mean, Palace Fulham has a kind of that. That's what, that's like more more like pure watch territory, though. Oh yeah, that's that, that's, really, that's uh, one for yeah. the hipsters right there. Yeah. Palace Fulham. Yeah. That's yeah. Don't let yeah. don't let the family catch you watching that match, or they're gonna ask you, "Is Daddy or Mommy okay?" <laughs> even though even though you and I've spent all week talking about how excited we are to go to Sellers Park. Hey, yeah, listen, I've play. got nothing but love. I've got nothing but love for both these clubs, and I, I'm, I'm honestly yeah. looking forward yeah. to yeah. it. But I don't know. Did we answer this question? I don't know. I like the way we answered it, though, whether it was accurate or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked about transfers. You mentioned your two moves already. I am uh, either going to – honestly, it's, it's kind of one or the other. Either I hold my transfer – uh, or I make a minus four and I, and I bring in Salah. I don't really know what other moves would make sense looking at my squad. I, I, it feels like, and I guess the question for me is just, do I really want to have two Spurs away to Arsenal? It's hilarious because of course I should have been asking myself this question on my wild card, but I just got a little excited about, I, you know, it's like sun fever. It wasn't just cause everybody else was talking about it. I, I was excited about it too. It's like, Hey, the guy scored a hat trick. He's playing up front. But I, I didn't. I wouldn't say I was like blown away by his performance in that Spurs match. I thought he was, he was okay. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, the problem within the last couple of years is he's he's just running kind of hot, hot and cold, and now explodes Rich, and disappears. Rich, yeah, Richarlison is suddenly filled up with good vibes after or- orchestrating that win. Does he come back in and play the nine, and Sun gets pushed out wide again and yeah. becomes you know kind of ineffective? He might. He might. So do you think, um, well, okay, let's move, let's move on here, Brian. One last question, which is, uh, who is our ex dog and him of the week, uh, brought to you by our very lucrative sponsorship with the hit movie strays. Yeah. And I, I would encourage everyone to go to the movie theater to see strays. It's great to see on the big screen, but I don't think you have to, I don't think you have to rush because, you know, theaters like to have a, a long run with a movie to get the Academy Award nomination. So I think mm-hmm. Strays is is well in line to to lock in that Best Picture nom. So I think yep. it's going to be in theaters for a while now. And Johan uh, yeah. Vissa is also coming to a, a theater near you as Game Week 6, X dog in him. I think Johan Vissa against Everton is yeah. going to be he's going to be barking and biting and scoring goals. Okay, I like it. Uh, I'm going to go a little off the board with this one, Brandon, but I'm going to stick to my guns here. And uh, I think that Hannibal is my ex dog and him of the week. I think that Hannibal is going to come off the bench, score another goal. He's the next. You know what he is? He's the reincarnation of Dimitar Berbatov, Brandon. And uh, I think that we're going to see a lot more Hannibal in the years and decades to come. Is his first touch? What have you seen of Hannibal's first touch compared to Berbatov's? You know what you know what I like about him actually? Hannibal's got a great third touch. And that's that, that people don't talk about a that's third touch. That's when he really dr- yeah. draws the ball <laughs> under his spell and it's the third touch, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He's got a great one of the best third touches you'll ever see. <laughs> the intense focus he has is it comes off of his chest. <laughs> It's like five. Yeah, exactly. Incredible. Yeah, roll the end credits. If you like yeah. what you hear, you want to say thanks, get more FPL content in return. Josh and I will be back Thursday night doing our Patreon podcast yeah. ad free for our supporters. Go to patreon.com slash always cheating. You also get instant access to our Discord chat forum. I was really enjoying the live match day chatter this weekend, yep. and it helped boost my enjoyment of some of the the, the duller fixtures on 
Sunday. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash always cheating. We appreciate all of your support. Josh, go ahead and take us through our producer patrons. I will. Yeah. And uh, I like that we have some new one name producers near the end here, Brandon. We like that's a uh, Madonna style. And I assume these people go through their lives just using one name as well. I don't think it's just for just for the producer groups. Uh, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, our buddy, uh, Bobas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Dave. Why did you suck me into NFL fantasy? My team stinks this year. Uh, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson. Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Buffalo Wild, Mings, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Vulgar Paulson, Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, Shalon F. Kadakia. A lot of producers right now. It's exciting to see you, Brennan. Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Hertzig, Heath Cram, Thomas Tisloff, Noah Louise, Travis Grant, Julio Pena, Linus Wennerstrom, Dan Parsons, James C., Matthew Skinner, Faro Jacobson, Brennan, Daniel Hart, and our newest producer patron, Lolly. Thank you so much to everyone who supports the podcast. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast. You don't hear too much about Acast these days. I'm curious. If you're listening to this podcast on Acast, reach out. Let, let me let us know about the experience. We want if to you talk. Listen on something, yeah, if you listen on something that we don't talk about on this pod, I would be very curious. So let us know. Uh, email, email us at Hail Cheaters. Instagram us at uh in at ad hail cheaters uh facebook is facebook.com slash always cheating you can message us on any of these platforms to tell us uh what podcast um platform you listen to if it's not one of the ones you've already talked about you can also email us hail cheaters at gmail.com you can find all sorts of information and how to subscribe uh to the podcast or become a patreon supporter at always cheating.com Thank you for listening. We really hope to see some of you, um, you know, our UK-based friends, in November. Uh, once again, it's the weekend of November 10th through the 12th. We'll be here. And November 10th is the day that we're uh, looking at for our Always Cheating Listener Meetup. Terrific. Yeah, and that's a Friday. So, you know, you just go straight from the office uh, to uh, yeah. throw one back with the cheaters. It'll be a, a good exactly. time. Details exactly. to come. Speaking of NFL, Josh, what happened to the Lions today? I saw that they... Oh. Can't lost in overtime it. to the Seahawks. My wife, I actually had to say to my wife, because she was laughing at how annoyed I was, and I had to say, it's not funny. <laughs> that's always <laughs> a bad sign. Wow. Because I was so, that, that I, makes it they, lost in, they lost in overtime, I know, because they lost in overtime, and I was like, I can't believe this. I was like, why do I ever watch this team? And I was just, you know, and she was like, she was laughing. of course she was like, I would have laughed too. And then I actually said, like a, like a four-year-old, it's not funny. Uh, bless bless funny. you. That, yeah. that, is, that yeah. is being a sports yeah. fan yeah. in a nutshell. Stuff right there all right i'll talk to you thursday josh and uh have a good one all right sounds good bye